hashtag Tim and Sid. Of course, I go by the name of the kid. Famous. Wow. This here is the Tim and Sid Show. You are now tuned in. Coast to coast. Edutaining the masses. Sports entertainment. Yeah. It's about to get started. Sit back. Enjoy the show in five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. This is Tevin Sid. How'd I do, McAuliffe? Not bad, more not mocking bad. or more? Was there was there no. genuflection in the impression? How did you take it? How did you take it? I, I think your first uh, the first words out of your mouth was was uh, was apropos. You were mocking. There is no genuflection. No, there. no. There not. was there were plenty of genuflecting, but in the middle of it, I'm like, it sounds like I'm mocking him. Uh, this is a Tuesday, November the seventeenth. I am Sitzik Sarawis, Tim McAuliffe. We are live on TV and radio, and we will do our best to put on the best possible show for you at home or in your cars listening on pod Mm -hmm. while we are hypnotized to our Twitter feeds waiting for the latest Woj Bomb or Shams Shocker, as Tim coined yesterday, to cross our timeline because things are getting real. Drew Holiday is a buck. Did James Harden just turn down $50 a year? (laughs) Is he on the verge of going to the Nets? And what do the Raptors do now on numerous fronts? Raptors GM Bobby Webster. It's a good day for him to join us because we have some questions. He will join us in about 20 minutes' time live right here on Tim and Seth. I don't know if we'll get to it because it's such a jam-packed show today, but how awesome would life be where you could turn down $50 million a year? Like, I understand the context of it all. I understand that he might make more. He's still making over $100 million in the current deal. All that's, I get it all. James Harden just turned down over $50 million a year. Like, what better position could you be in in life where you're allowed to turn down $50 million? And people go, eh. Tim, Tim, I got to tell you something. I don't care how much money you have in your life. I'm going to use you as an example. If you were to one day say to me, by the way, last week, not a big deal. I turned down $50 million over two. I would berate you for three straight hours. I don't care <laughs> what your bankroll is. I would hope I don't, you would I don't punch care me who in the you face. Know. Well, there could be a steel chair involved when me. you weren't yeah. looking. Like There could be one of those, like a run-in. There, that would not go unpunished. I don't care. James Harden, can, is, is his, his great-great-great-grandchildren are set. It's not an issue. But to just the principle of it, I'm kind of with you. Just to right. do that... To have that in the ether is so insulting <laughs> to the rest of humanity. Unless you're this massive celebrity, I can't even put it in the words. Like it's shocking. It's shocking. The only guy that I've ever heard of doing anything like that is Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle is the only guy yeah. that I have ever heard of coming anywhere close to what we just said. Listen, plenty of basketball on the show today. Not only Bobby Webster and when the hell the Raptors plan on starting training camp and where they plan on starting their training camp because we're told that a mini camp is starting on Friday in LA. This is like Granger's reporting it. This is like mind blowing. I can't do it. There's the button. Uh, We'll get the national perspective also on what's going on in the U S Mark Spears, ESPN. Uh, We'll ask him about James Harden. He knows Kevin Durant really well. We'll ask him about that. And Freddie Van Vliet. Uh, He's worked with Freddie Van Vliet in the last little while. So Mark Spears, good guest today, along with Bobby Webster. Also, uh, big news of the day regarding Canada's entry in the 2022 Winter Olympic Games. Two-time, count them, two-time Olympic champion Katrina LeMay-Doan 
will be this country's chef de mission or chef de mission. She'll join us a little later on. We'll ask her how she pronounces it. Plus, did Mark you Shapiro... Did. Don't ask her. You just did. You know what you're doing. So say cool. No, but is it is it kind of pretentious you know. to do this chef de mission? I heard your brother do it on the update, and I kind of give my head a shake a little bit. Really? Guys, let's get that audio of Alex on the Span 590 acting like he knows how to say chef de mission. Because I'm pretty sure he knows how to say it better than me. I don't know how to say it well at all. I don't think, well, why is it when you, you say it. things in actual French, it, you immediately go to, well, I'm being pretentious. No, you're nailing it. There's someone out there in Shakutami or wherever we're broadcast to right. who takes very takes a lot of pleasure in the fact that we just, just go, we're not the broadcast. It goes, the chef de mission has been picked. Coming up later on here. They don't want that. They want the real goods. Okay, no. they want they want they, they want the lundi. They want nous avons vous avez, and they want chef de mission. They want it pronounced in properly. In Chicoutimi, yeah, or wherever. Gaspé, Gaspé, that's a big one. Yeah, Valdor, right. <laughs> just east of east of Quebec City, I think. Right. Whatever, Very doesn't good. matter. Doesn't Very matter. Good city. All right. Oh, we Either have the way. audio. Hold on, hold on. Dylan Brown has the audio of Alex Xero. Already trying. nice. Dylan. Already. All right, Dylan. Here it is. This is. Uh, we didn't run this by Alex, so we may be upset. Three. Two, one. And Katrina LeMay-Done has been named Team Canada's chef de mission for the 2022 Beijing Winter Games. Nothing wrong with that. Alex Cicero nailing it as usual. <laughs> you did, but t- t- Tim, Tim gave it a shake of the head. Uncalled for. No, I just, fun. I don't know what uncalled. you do. I don't know if you do the, I think people's names you don't change. That's the one thing that I've always been strong on. People's mm-hmm. names or cities you don't change. Like, so you're not a Luis Robert guy for the White Sox? You're Luis Robert? <laughs> considering he's Cuban, and it's probably Robert, probably, but everyone calls him Luis Robert. Robert? Right. Yeah, that's right. another one of those ones. Yeah. 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 All and right. we, try, we try. We live in a multicultural city. Like, you're changing a dude's name. I, you and I, I have I... some flavor. No, but it's tough, because you and I have some flavor, right? Like, we know <laughs> you're Maltese. I'm Portuguese. We know people from all types of creeds and backgrounds. Well, your name's so Cicero, we... isn't it? Yeah, like, it's you actually Cicero. Pronounce... Yeah. If Ken Reed tried to say that on Central, his head would explode. Are you kidding me? You can't do that. <laughs> That's your name. Just make it simple for everyone. It is my name, but around these parts, it's a little different. Anyway, I, I love this discussion, but right. I, I, I like the way you pronounced it to tie a bow on it. like the way Alex Xero pronounced it. I still need work. That's my, All right, Sicheru, uh, let's continue on with the show. <laughs> Mark Shapiro, speaking of, uh, signed an extension with the Jays, and virtually no one knew about it. Say that again. Sorry. Say that again. Because of all the things out there today, this is the craziest that no one is talking about. Please say it again. Sign an extension with the Jays that virtually Uh no one knew about. Uh And we work at Rogers. I know. You think we know? We work here. We don't know anything. Uh, There's a draft tomorrow night. My God. Let's. All right. There's so much going. Let's start with basketball. And the yes. free agent window is opening Friday, but I don't know how many people expected the headlines that we're seeing right now before the draft and before that free agency period. Oh, look, I'm going to start Bucks, and you go wherever because this is right. for, for, for a couple days into this, this is madness. So the Bucks, some of you may, be, been, may have been asleep for this last night. The Bucks this offseason all about make Giannis Antetokounmpo happy. He can sign a Supermax pretty soon. He can also sign an extension after the year. He decides what he wants to do. Last night, the Bucks made an effort to make Giannis's team better. They acquired Drew Holiday from the Pelicans and Bogdan Bogdanovich from the Kings. In those deals, they also gave up three first-rounders and the rights to swap 
two first-rounders with the Pelicans, among other pieces like Eric Bledsoe and George Hill. Tim, this, the main question today in terms of all the, all the questions, and I, we can go to any one of them, but the main question, is this enough to make Giannis Antetokounmpo forget about the Danforth in Toronto by the DVP <laughs> and make him sign, if not soon, the Supermax after the season if they have a good, let's say, an Eastern Conference run? Is this for enough those, to make him sign? For those watching across Canada, the Danforth is the Greek area in Toronto, they, so Tikanis. Um, the storyline is almost near ridiculous, and I get that this is the strongest storyline in the NBA right now, and I get it. He's the MVP of the league. The MVP of the league. Um, I'm not ripping the question. I'm ripping the answer, and here's why. Bogdan Bojanovic, is that just the Serbian... Dwayne, Dwayne, like Bogdan Bogdanovich. And his brother Boyan. Don't forget Boyan, who I believe is still no, with the I Pacers. Know. Boyan's, Boyan's a better shooter than Bogdan, but Bogdan's the Bucks, the guy that Bucks got. Listen, here, here I'm going to break this down. So Bogdanovich, Bogdan Bogdanovich, is a shooter. Check. They can use that. Drew Holiday is a good two-way guard. Check. They can use that, especially in the playoffs. But Bogdan is no Boyan, as I mentioned. Bogdan was 76th in the league in three-point percentage last year. Boyan was 11th. You know who led the NBA in three-point percentage last year, Sid? Good question. Hit me with it. George yeah. Hill. George Hill. Oh, the Hill. guy they had. Yeah, the guy they had. <laughs> yeah, the M- now, he didn't it. take that many, but uh, he did lead the no. NBA in three-point percentage last year. Here's my point. Okay? This screams of desperation. And I know desperation because I, ro- I covered the Raptors for the first 15 years of their existence. Okay? The Bucks have finished first overall in each of the last two seasons. How are they going to prove to Yanni, as we call him down on the Danforth, that they are better this year? They, the only place they can do that is in the playoffs. And he's, if he's not signed by the postseason – then Milwaukee done screwed up. No? Like, when can they prove that they are different than the team that last year and the year before that were first overall in the NBA? It's only the playoffs. And if they haven't traded him by the trade deadline this year, they could get left holding the bag, and that would be the biggest mistake since Chris Bosh left Toronto, and no one wants to do that since Chris Bosh left Toronto. Tim, uh... It's all valid. It's all really valid. I'm looking at this from two perspectives. One, but one, in the history of sports, there's two groups. People who have signed long-term in Milwaukee and the rest of Earth. <laughs> Paul Molitor didn't sign long-term in Milwaukee, and Paul Molitor was Mr. Milwaukee. There's two guys I can think of, and, and throw in another if I'm forgetting. Christian Yelich, baseball. Ryan Braun, baseball. And basically... Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Never mind. Never mind. Then there's everyone else. Athletes do not sign long-term in the Laverne and Shirley City. They don't. They don't. Go through history. (laughs) Paul Molitor left for the Jays. Like, it it doesn't exist. And Molitor won a title, by the way. So that's the first thing. If you think he's signing in Milwaukee, there is no there is no outside of baseball president to support that fact. Zero. Absolute none. 
Secondly, to go with your point about desperation, Tim, when did the bar become so low on going all in? Like going all in to me is getting Kawhi with a year left. Like that's all in. Going all in is five first rounders and Shea Gilgis for Paul George. Like I'm, I know I laugh at the Clippers a lot, but that's going all in. No one would debate you're not going all in. Bogdan Bogdanovich. Because he can hit a three. In a sign, that's going all in. You're going to convince Giannis and Tente. His canopy in Miami on South Beach is waiting for him. With the team, I may add. With Pat Riley, I may add. Waiting. And you think this is the set of moves? Drew Holiday, last time he was an all-star, he was in Philly. He went to the Western Conference and was average. He was good. I'm with you. I don't want to completely trash on Drew Holiday. I think everything you said is completely completely factual. He's a very good two-way guard. Excellent two-way guard. But this is the bar on all-in, Tim? So is, right here? So is, so is Eric Bledsoe. <laughs> like, Eric Not Bledsoe's in the postseason. Two, Not in the postseason. It, but he's a two-time defensive player of the year. Where was or, he in the postseason? All-NBA all defensive player. Not defensive player of the year. Two-time all-NBA all defensive player. Still pretty good, though. That's not nothing. No, I, like, and I'll Drew Holiday's that. numbers seem to be better in the postseason when he gets there. Yeah. But that, but that, that, that two-time defensive team uh, needed a visa to find his way into the regular season to the postseason. Like, it wouldn't cross yeah. that border. Like, it, didn't, it didn't, didn't feel comfortable. Well, you should, you should then talk about Chris Middleton. See, here's the thing I like. We don't do it about Chris Middleton because he's a nice guy, and he's the type of and guy that shooter. I root for. He's a terrific shooter. Just like I cheered for DeMar DeRozan. Maybe even more. Middleton's a second-round pick. But when you shoot under 40%, like he did in last year's playoffs, and in the loss to the Raptors a year ago, he had one good game, and the Bucks lost by 18 in that one good game. He makes $33 million this upcoming season, $35.5 million in the next. No like, doubt. This is, he's got to be better or they've got to be a tax team, and they didn't want to do that with Malcolm Brogdon. So now they're going to flip the switch on this? I'm with you, man. Like, They need value-positive assets. I don't know if they have them, and I don't know if that changes anything about this team that they didn't have last year other than maybe they'll do it better in the postseason. And that's a huge maybe to go to the postseason when you could get what you would get for Giannis Antetokounmpo. And by the way, let me just throw this out there before Bobby Webster Rod. joins us because he's going to join us. The Raptors gave up DeMar DeRozan, Jakob Pertl, and a lottery-protected first-round pick. What is think, going on with these picks, man? Honestly. <laughs> think Think of what just went for Drew Holiday. Like, I mean, basically, the next two drafts are, are going to be OKC and Milwaukee just alternating picks. Like, it feel, it's going to feel that way. Like, that's all it's going to look Three like. Three first-round unprotected picks and but the that's, rights that's, to swap. But you said it earlier, Tim. That's panic. Panic. Giannis sat down with ownership after the year. They talked. At the disco. Okay? At the disco. They talked. Don't tell me Giannis protected Eric Bledsoe in that conversation. There's no way. The names you just saw leave left for a reason. Giannis didn't feel he could work with him when it mattered. Or they'd still be there. I think he still believes in Chris Middleton that way. No, I, 
here's. I here's, think he here, still believes in Chris Middleton that way. They can't but trade I him because he makes too much money. Here's what Chris I think. Paul, they Chris Paul just got traded. Anybody can get traded. You can trade a forty million dollar contract in this league. You can trade Chris Middleton. You can trade Chris Middleton. We can agree to disagree, like we agreed to disagree on how good the Suns will be with Chris Paul. Anywho, Sydney, what I think they did is they they opened themselves up so that if Giannis leaves, they still have a little something to do, whether that's expiring deals, whether that's surrounding Chris Middleton with more. Like you have to put your the, the Raptors did it. When they got Kawhi, they also set themselves yep. up for this spot, right? And I think Milwaukee looked at that. Here's the other thing that I have learned from this week, and it's not just Milwaukee, Sid. It's small markets in the NBA are hooped. They're screwed. Look at New Orleans. They're doing it again. Look at OKC. That's supposed to be a good young team. They're doing it. When is Sam Presti going to use any of these picks to get anything? Does The math doesn't add up. The math does not add up on that. Like, I, I don't know. And Toronto has tried really, 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 really hard to get out of that group that is small market, and I think they've succeeded. Um, but it'll be really interesting to see if they think they're in on Giannis. And listen, for those who think that we can ask uh, Bobby Webster about Giannis Attentacombo, uh, James Harden, or Russell Westbrook, we can't because he's not allowed to comment on players that are currently under contract. That's called tampering. So we won't be able to do it with him, though we might be able to phrase it in a way that could get him talking about the market. But he can't come on and talk about those guys. Uh, so if you're if you're waiting for us to do that, we can't do that. We can do other things. If he followed Giannis around for a whole season, he'd be allowed to do that, like the Clippers did with Kawhi. He'd be allowed to do that, but he can't talk about it in an interview. <laughs> Right. Which is the truth. He can't talk about an interview. He'll get fined for that. He will. But you follow him no, for that, a whole year. The league will allow that to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Unbelievable. That would be amazing. But, Tim, I'm, I'm the one thing I'm uh, like, you brought up Bobby, so let's stick on the Raptors for a second. The one that, thing that hit me last night is, like, if you're a Raptor fan, how does this make you feel to see Drew Holiday get traded for that price, specifically the picks, three firsts yeah. and the option to swap two others? Are you Do, do, do you feel your, hands, your chances of Giannis – were just increased, stayed the same, or decreased. And I, I, I don't. I, I think they might increase if I'm being honest about it. I Me know too. we can't talk about it with Bobby, but I'm, you and I can talk about it. Me How too. on earth? He's not but, signing before this year is done. He has to play with Drew Holiday. He has he, to figure super- this out. He has to see it. He has to feel Sorry. it. He can't sign ahead of time, right? Am I? Am, is it just me? Like the thought right. of him signing ahead of time is idiotic. Because you don't Correct. know what the chemistry you and I is like both said that. with yeah. Drew Holiday and Giannis. And, and, and I, I want to stress again how much I agree with everything said, uh, Tim said about Drew Holiday. I like Drew Holiday a lot as a player. He's a good player. He's a very good player. One time an all-star. Hasn't been an all-star for a long time, but one time an all-star. But you got to see it. you got to see it. Giannis is not signing I, ahead of time. He's not. I heard pundits in the States going, well, they got three all-stars now. They have three all-stars. And so I'm like, wait a second. When was, when was the last time you and I were at the was score? You and I were at the score the last 2013. Time. My God, like, we're close to it. Yeah. All right. So the, the other part, the other caveat to me that would make me feel like if you were following Giannis and you were trying to calculate the Raptors' odds on getting Giannis onto the team, the fact that the Raptors haven't been linked to Harden, or like I, I got friends out here saying, well, go get Harden, go get Westbrook, 
Like, they're still good players, and I'm thinking in my head, if you do any of that, you have no chance at Giannis. The Raptors have lined themselves up from the trade of DeMar DeRozan for this time. And if they went out and got hardened, that would tell you they have no chance at Giannis. And the fact that you're not hearing their name in any of this makes me feel like they've got a better shot at Giannis. One more thing that I want to get to before we get to break. James Harden, for those who don't know, even though we started the show with it because we're both jaw-dropped, reportedly turned down a two-year, $103 million extension from the Rockets. Okay, he has three years and $133 million left on the current deal. But he turned down over $50 million a season. Imagine being in the position to turn down over $50 million a year. Sid Sixero, give me the only thing that would be better. I've, I've, I started the show with this, and we're going to go to break with it. Give me the only thing that would be better than being in a spot where you could turn down over $50 million a season. I used to think it was Hugh Hefner, but honey, I done grown up. I'm a real man now, and I've learned from the error of my ways. Mo money, mo problems. Biggie and Diddy taught me that, as well as how to dive. Sid, <laughs> what is the only thing that would be better than being in a spot where you could turn down $50 million a season? The only thing better than being the guy to turn down 50 is to be the guy who offered it. Because that guy's got cheese like you would not believe. Well, unless you, unless you read Rick Bruker. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. Because then I got thoughts on that too, actually. Story. Keep that in the back of your mind there, too. Mark Spears. Mark Spears. Let's, let's definitely. Okay, so we got Mark Shapiro and whether or not he signed an extension. We're going to do that in about 20 minutes' time. Did Mark Shapiro sign an extension that nobody knew about, but a couple national writers in the States just kind of slid it in there. We'll talk about that. Theo Epstein. We've got Katrina LeMay-Done and, as mentioned, Mark Spears. But coming up next, he is the general manager of the Toronto Raptors who are in an interesting situation. Not only is the draft tomorrow, but apparently they're opening a mini camp on Friday in L.A. Where are they playing their home games? Uh, I don't know. Bobby Webster's next right here. Tim and Sid, Sportsnet Radio and TV. Still to come on this edition of Tim and Sid. On a Tuesday, Katrina LeMay-Dome, Canada's chef de mission 2022 Beijing will join us. And Mark Spears of ESPN's Undefeated. We'll talk about a few of these rumors floating around right now. Timmy, where to begin with our next guest? Uh, Bobby mm-hmm. Webster, Raptors GM, always very kind with his time. He's joining us here. Bobby, uh, good to talk to you. How, how, how's the family? How are you guys holding up? We're good. Thanks for having me. Um, settling into a routine here as we, we prepare for uh, a little bit of an un- unknown season, but all is well. No complaints. How about you all? Well, we're, let's, get, let's dive. Yeah, we're, we have Besides more being in our basement. Do. Yeah, but but at least we know. At least I know I'm going to be in my basement next week. Like you're in a different spot, um, Bobby. There's a lot you can't tell us. I know you've put in you know, your proposals to the federal government about where to play games. Is there a point of no return date where you and Masai look at each other and go, "Okay, we got to make a call today"? Is is there a date? What is that date? Are we getting close to it? We don't have it, but yeah, you, you guys are on it. It's you know it it's. In the coming days, it's not. This is not a. You know, this is not a next week type thing. This is thing we need to. We need to start to, to drill in on. So, um, I think it, it wouldn't be fair to any, any side to say, "Hey, this is the deadline. We need to decide by." 
but I think as um, you know, as as the leaders of the organization to to prepare not only the players but also the staff who it could potentially affect. We, uh, you know, we'll, we'll come to a decision here. It, it's interesting, and obviously, it's a tough position and a position no other NBA team is in this year. And I think most folks that are listening understand the money, like even the ads around the arena being money. But when you're talking to agents and getting ready for free agency, how much concern are you hearing about where you will play your games? You know, it's an interesting question. It hasn't really come up too much. Obviously, it's come up with our with our own players just as they prepare their lives. And do I need to run a house here? Do I need to run a house there? And, and you know, where we'll be playing at. But I don't think it's, it's a, a huge concern because I think, let's be honest, you know, the 72 games will get played. Well, you know, 36 on the road, 36 at home. Like, you know, that, that, that stuff has a way of, of working itself out. Um, and so it hasn't been a huge, huge point of discussion with, with them. Bobby Webster, Raptors GM here on Tim and Sid. Sorry, Tim, you had a follow-up? No, no, I just, that's really interesting. I'm, I'm surprised the agents aren't asking that. That's great. No, I, actually, I think a lot of Raptor fans are actually pl- – sorry, go ahead, Bobby. No, no, I was going to say there's a – there are, um, you know, people lobbying in different cities, but as far as where we end up, I think they're all they're all content that obviously it'll be a, it'll be well thought out, and you know their players will be in good position. So, right. Um, so figure out where home is going to be is priority A. Is is B, C, D, E, and F, Freddie? Like, is that where you're at as a GM right now? Like, is that is that the interest level? I think probably Freddie's up there on, at A at the A level, so you can keep him up there. Fair enough. Fair enough. How uh, on a scale of one to we just got Kawhi? Are are you confidence wise that you can get get it done with with Freddie? <laughs> That's a good scale because we got Kawhi didn't happen until he actually stepped foot here. But uh, uh, <laughs> no, you know we uh, we've obviously had you know check ins with him. We'll we'll formally start the negotiations on Friday when free agency opens. But um, uh, you know we're happy. We're confident. You know he's obviously wants. Uh, you know, wants what he wants, and he's he's earned that right, and and he's obviously done everything for us, and and you know we want to reciprocate that. Bobby Webster, the general manager of the Toronto Raptors, joining us here on Tim and Sid. Um, trust me when I say this. Uh, I understand that self scouting is oftentimes the most important scouting, and, and when you look back at last year, it's interesting because you have the best winning percentage in franchise history, but the second round exit offsets that a little bit. Um, because I think it often shapes what you do moving forward. Do you guys think that you had enough last year? It's a great question. I, you know, the sting of that game seven loss, you know, it, it, um, it dulls as time goes on, but we'll always remember. And so I think it, it, it's what you said is you want the time and the perspective to kind of, you know, outweigh the kind of visceral response that you would have to, to thinking about that. And so I'd say, you know, in the season, in the bubble, in the playoffs, like, you know, we thought we had a real chance to win it. And so I, I think from that sense, you don't want to lose that perspective that you thought the team was really good. But at the same time, you have to face the reality of the fact that we did lose. And so, you know, are there tweaks or are there changes that need to be made, um, you know, based on that? And so, you know, that's, you know, <laughs> you accurately describe where we are and, and what we're, you know, thinking about constantly. Other teams also thinking about it constantly as well. Uh, and I know you can't speak about players under contract, but uh, for the sake of this conversation, the Bucks have reportedly picked up Stu Molliday from the Pelicans. <laughs> um, what, uh, what do you make of, of, of that pickup when it becomes official? Or, or more generally, just so I don't get you in trouble, 
What do you make of kind of the, the, the murmurs right now in the Eastern Conference? Because it's the silly season seems to have descended upon us rather quickly here. Yeah, I like that, Mr. Stew. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> um, you know, it, it happens every year, and, and, I, and it's not, you know, it seems like we, we, we get the same questions, but we're aware of it. We're constantly, uh, you know, deciding how much it affects us. I think ultimately, um, as you know us, we, we operate and, and feel like our decision-making, um, you know, we trust that. And so it's not too much affected by the outside noise. Um, it's more affected on, on what we previously spoke on, which is where are the holes, where are the weaknesses on this team, what are we good at. Obviously, the continuity and the chemistry are things that we've all we've all uh, valued over the years. So I think from that standpoint, we're aware of it. Those are our competitors. You know, we wouldn't kind of be doing our job properly if we won't, but I don't think it speeds anything or slows anything down for us. So it doesn't alter your game plan at all when you hear rumors of significant players moving into the same conference as you? No. No. I like that answer. Bobby Webster joining us here on Tim and Sid. Um, I want to talk about the draft a little bit. And whenever I look at mock drafts, I think of myself, okay, how does this relate to previous Raptors drafts? So I'm just going to ask you, why is every mock draft wrong on you guys? <laughs> That's a good question. You know, I think you know us. We don't we don't talk we don't talk a ton. There's not a ton of leaks, so there's probably not a lot of um, information that that gets out as far as who we want to take. Um, having said that, I always tell people we have the 29th pick. We don't have a ton of leverage here. <laughs> to, to a to a larger extent, we're taking who who falls to us and who we have highest on our board. Um, and it's really hard to play that out. And so I think you know maybe if we're at the top of the draft or years where we've we've had higher picks, um, there's a little bit more we know. But but sitting where we are today at 29, I, you know, we go through the list every day and we're saying, well, maybe the guy we have ranked 10th could follow us at 29, or maybe all the guys that we like could be taken. So it, it's a tough it's a it's a tough position to be in from that standpoint. And and all we do is just try and find the guys we really like. We all know that the timeline is shortened here, but do you have to consider who you'll be able to keep in free agency with what you need at 29th overall? You know, I think our, our philosophy is always to take the best available player. Um, I think this year you do bring up a good point, which you have, you know, you're going to draft someone on Thursday or Wednesday, and you're going to tell them, you know, see you in, in this case, City X a week from now. Um, so there's, a, you know, maybe more of a, a thought around, is this guy healthy? Is he ready to go right now? Um, you don't have the summer league of development. You don't have, um, you know, a whole summer and, and off season to, to get the guy acquainted to your system. So that's a good point. I believe I'm back. Timmy, can you hear me? Did I make I got it? you. Am I You're good? Back. All You're right, good. Bobby, my apologies. My uh, internet just went down briefly, although I'm sure it was the best part of the interview. Um, what, uh, Bobby, we've all learned a lot about ourselves here in 2020. As a GM, with all that's gone on, and even this week specifically, what have you learned about yourself in this process professionally, trying to run a team amid all this? Uh child care is really hard <laughs> that is true so i hear i, I just so spent I the commercial break uh welcoming my son back from a bike ride <laughs> i hope you weren't referring to your team we've all been there yeah we go dark on zoom so that we could go do something with our with our child and we magically pop back and as if nothing happened at all <sighs> um where, where where is the hunger right now with you guys 
uh, Bobby. Like, you're in an interesting spot here. You got your rings. You, you've been to the top of the mountain. Obviously, you want to go back a few more times. Like, what, what, what taste in your mouth was left after last season as you head into Friday and, and, and what the next couple of weeks hold? It's what you said. It's, it's, it's the constant, um, you know, challenge to be the best. And I think, um, you know, what kind of what keeps us going and what keeps me going is, is, you know, each situation is different. So Kawhi leaves and we're faced with a different set of challenges. Um, you know, we lose game seven in, in the second round. We're faced with a different set of challenges. So that kind of ever-evolving, you know, decision tree is, is what's really, you know, gives you endless thoughts and, you know, endless ability to discuss and, and figure out what works and what doesn't work. So I think that's it. It's kind of like that, you know, sort of game within the game. And, and from a basketball standpoint, obviously evaluating the team and who's good and who's not. But I think, um, you know, maybe what you touched on earlier with, uh, you know, other teams doing deals, it's, it's, it's definitely a sense of, you know, we want to be the best. And that evaluation against them is, is, is very motivating. Bobby Webster joining us here on Tim and Sid. When, when you hear, like, obviously you are measured against your opponents and that's why you say what you just said. And when, when we sit here, when we, we already told people that you can't talk to people under contract. It's tampering and all those things. But with all the rumors swirling around right now, do you have to be in on those conversations just so that you can measure up? Like, do you think that, you know, an established star would be a fit on this team at this time? Or is that not something that you guys are looking at at this juncture? No, definitely. You can take whatever established star you want, and we've had that conversation. Do they fit with us? What do you have to give up? So I think that's constant. Um, I think the other part that, uh, you know, does come at, come at us quick, which we have to respond to, is just the timing of it all. And I think we all saw this over the past week, which is obviously we had, you know, nine months here to, to talk about deals, but, you know, things come quick. And so you want to make sure you are talking to the right teams and right people just to make sure that you're not, you know, potentially missing out. Because I think realistically, right, if you had a player available, you're not calling every 29, you know, all 29 other teams and say, send me your best deal by tomorrow at six, right? There's a bit of a relationship. There's a bit of give and take. And so you do want to make sure that, you know, we all have our, our kind of finger on the pulse here. Have you ever encountered a GM who said that? Guys, best like a fantasy basketball trade. Like guys, best <laughs> offer on the table by six. No, it might be a good technique. Maybe maybe I'll employ that tonight. <laughs> well, whatever works, whatever works. Um, past past bringing Freddie back. My last question here, Timmy, and, and I apologize for my technical difficulties here. Um, how does your team get better over the next ten days or so? Like, what, where 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 are you focusing on? You know, so you take your current roster. Obviously, we have, you know, all-star point guard in Kyle, and I think he's, you know, just continually, you know, proving people wrong again and again, and, you know, how long can you play at this level? Um, you have Freddie who's, Freddie, who's young and, and, you know, wants to get better, and, you know, I think by all accounts, you know, hasn't reached his peak yet. So, you know, you, you can go down the roster, OG, Pascal, you know, like I think we have a nice mix of, as we saw last year, some veterans and, and young guys who have room to grow. So I think that's where you start. Right, um, and then the draft. You know, as, as, as we've seen, it's a, it's it's not a guarantee. It's a chance to get better. Um, and then free agency. You know, whether it's around the edges, and you know, we'll, we'll try and find a, a sleeper here or there. So, you know, those are the typical ways. Um, and then when you see the names that are being discussed, you know, those are obviously the, you know, the kind of jolts to the system that you can utilize as well. So those are kind of all at our disposal. But I think we have a you know, the ability to grow internally and, and have our young guys get better while some of the veterans um, maintain their really high level. And then, you know, 
the fit, the chemistry, having Coach Nurse, um, you know, Tinker, you know, and all the crazy and fun ways that we love is, is another great, um, you know, asset that we have. Bobby Webster, general manager of the Toronto Raptors, joining us here in Timmins. Before I let you go, there are a lot of people on Twitter asking us to ask you about your future and Masai Ujiri's future. Do you know when you'll know? <laughs> Great question. I mean, I think it's obviously a, a, a tough, you know, situation around the world. But you know, we don't typically comment on this. And I think, you know, we'll we'll publicly say something when we do know more, and, and we'll leave it at that. All right, Bobby. Listen, uh, we appreciate the time. We know that this is a condensed timeline, to say the least, and a very busy time for everybody. So we appreciate you not only doing this, but putting up with our technical difficulties as we work from our basements with Thank our kids you, coming in from bike rides. <laughs> Thank I you. always enjoy it. Thanks for having me. All right. Be well. There is uh, Bobby Webster, the general manager of the Toronto Raptors. And again, we apologize. Sid, you did a wonderful job. Uh, you were kicked Try, off. Sorry of, about that. You, no, you kicked <laughs> off times. the show twice. Three I, times? I think it was three. I think it was three, actually. <laughs> I think I had a hat trick. I had the Gordie Howe uh, technical hat trick there. Uh, you know what? Like, I mean, no one knew unless he said it. You did a wonderful job. And so did the Seriously? Because I thought it was pretty yeah. obvious. Okay, I appreciate it. Thank you very much to Tim and the entire team. Tim, did I? Because my audio was in and out there, and I apologize again. Did he, in terms of things to make the team better did he just say um there are shocks to the system that are out there and all tools are at our disposal he said that right why don't we uh take a break we gotta yeah we gotta we gotta break here let's take the break let's come back and see if we because i thought i heard that at the end too yeah i almost would like to pull the clip that's what I'm saying. That is not that. That's not something. Yeah, I, uh, Dylan Brown, back at Sports and Fine Eye the fan, you can help us out with that. For the sake of Sid Sixero, who ran the hat trick of getting kicked off, <laughs> let's play it Three back times, and see baby. if we if we heard the same thing uh, together. And we'll do that next. Also, <laughs> yeah, Katrina Lemaydon, Mark Spears, jam packed edition of Tim and Sid while we're on the air. <laughs> Tim and Sid, Sportsnet Radio and TV. For now, Katrina LeMay-Doan, Mark Spears on the show. Just talked to Bobby Webster. Uh, we had some technical difficulties along the way. But at the end, as Frank writes into the show, shocks to the system in quotation marks. So like unconventional, non-obvious move signings, says Frank. Look, I'm... <laughs> You know me, Tim. I, I I relish the chaos of it all. That, like that chuckle I, you, was demonic. You know what I'm rooting for here. I'm rooting for. Look, as crazy as Kawhi was, it was one of the fun fun moments in franchise history for those on the outside looking in. If you're Masai and Bobby making those calls to Demar, not fun. Different perspective on their end. Hard decisions had to be made. And but, as he told uh, us, he didn't even know that the deal was actually consummated until exactly. Kawhi until showed, he showed up, up. In Toronto. Yeah. Because yeah. why would you? <laughs> you know, you're, you're you're Chris Haynes saying, "Well, he doesn't want to be there." Well, let's see if he shows up. Let's see if he shows. Up. Uh, Dylan, forgive me. Do we have that clip that just ran? Do we have that ready? Can we go back to that? Yeah. Uh, okay, we have the full thing. I think Tim. I know it's a longer clip, but I think it's worth playing again just to hear Bobby talk about the jolts to the system. It's gonna be it's gonna be a ways to get there, but I think it's worth it because he said it, and I kind of flinched a little bit, but I wasn't sure because. I, I had a chaotic technical segment there. Tim and the team picked me up. 
So I didn't know if I was hearing it correctly, but I'd like to go down this road one more time. This is, uh, we asked Bobby, how do you, how does your team get better? And again, I want you to focus on the end of this where he says there's some jolts to the system out there. Here it is. How does your team get better over the next 10 days or so? Like, where, 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 where are you focusing on? You know, so you take your current roster. Obviously, we have, you know, all-star point guard in Kyle, and I think he's, you know, just continually, you know, proving people wrong again and again, and, you know, how long can he play at this level? Um, you know, Freddie, who's Freddie, who's young and, and, you know, wants to get better, and, you know, I think by all accounts, you know, hasn't reached his peak yet. So, you know, you, you can go down the roster, OG, Pascal, you know, like I think we have a nice mix of, as we saw last year, some veterans and, and young guys who have room to grow. So I think that's where you start. Right, um, and then the draft. You know, as, as we've seen, it's a, it's, it's not a guarantee. It's a chance to get better. Um, and then for agency, you know, whether it's around the edges, and you know, we'll, we'll try and find a, a sleeper here or there. So, you know, those are the typical ways. Um, and then when you see the names that are being discussed, you know, those are obviously the, you know, the kind of jolts to the system that you can utilize as well. So those are kind of all at our disposal. But I think we have a you know, the ability to grow internally and, and have our young guys get better while some of the veterans um, maintain their really high level. And then, you know, the fit, the chemistry, having Coach Nurse, um, you know, Tinker. Right, we're good. You know, and all we're good. Yeah, we're, we're good. good. We're good. Um, I think before he said at our disposal, he said those are the things that you can consider. I heard it differently. <laughs> of course, I heard it. Of course, I heard it a little bit. heard it differently. I don't want to blow up Bobby. Bobby's Forget that. great to us, but like, I'm the one thing I just I just wasn't expecting. A, everything's on the table because you and I know how ambitious this franchise can be. This is no secret, and I don't know how they view the next few years. I don't I don't know what their plan is. There are some huge names on the market that have some team control left, as we know. We know this. I'm not saying you should go get X, Y, and Z. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying James Harden should be a Raptor. That's not what I'm saying. He's probably going to the net. But he didn't shut it down, which I found equally interesting. And that's what I was, I was kind of looking for in that answer, Tim, and I didn't hear it. I didn't hear the, look, there's some crazy things going on. We're not, I don't know if we're swimming in that pond. I didn't hear that from Mr. Webster, GM of the Toronto Raptors. That's all I'm saying. Wait. What you left out of that was how he put Freddie into the mix of the players that they have. Right alongside where are we playing basketball is basically what he did. He brought it up. I made, I made Freddie option B down, and he brought him up to A. No, 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 no. In the clip that we just played, he was talking about his roster, and he said Kyle and Freddie first. Those are the first Oh, he did have Oh, good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. He threw him in there. Out of his mouth. The I'm only good uh, about that one, too. The only... The only parts that were left out for me was, okay, so Serge Ibaka, <laughs> right? Yeah, Mark Gasol. Mark, Mark. So Probably you've got to get a big to help replace that. And the other thing that I took away was I understand that we're in a, we're in a spot now in Toronto where we have – I've been taught uh, that real bad boys move in silence. Uh, Biggie taught me that once. Biggie's taught me a couple things on this show. Uh, and KRS1 taught me that. But neither of these teams, the Toronto Blue Jays or the Toronto Raptors, give you a lot on anything. And how coy everything was with the confidence with which Bobby Webster was speaking 
left me really pondering what the future is of this team. And when, when you have confidence the way it seemed to be about everything that was about to come up, either you're trying to convey that to the rest of the world or you actually have that confidence. And right now I'm trying to break down in my head what it was that we heard from Bobby Webster. Because if it's just the confidence, I know they were a good team last year, but they got a lot of free agents, Sid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and $40 million just got cleared off the cap, if you assume Surge isn't coming back. But they need a big. That's a lot of money. All I know, Tim, is we got 30 seconds left. If, if, if Drew Holiday is going to the Bucks, if James Harden's going to the Eastern Conference, do you really think, based on history, Bobby and Masai are going to sit there and watch. Do you really think that? We tried to ask. Because I'm not convinced. We tried, we tried. to ask. It. <laughs> I, think we, I thought the, we got a morsel, though. I thought we got a morsel. That's the fun of interviews. Katrina LeMay, Dona, Mark Spears next. I'm Tim and Sid. Tim and Sid. Time for 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 real sports talk with Tim McCallum and Sid Sexero. Thank you very much, Sheepdogs. Tim and Sid, the basement banter continues for now on Sportsnet Radio and TV. Earlier in the show, Sid Sexero asked who stays in Milwaukee. Who is the Milwaukee guy? Scott wrote in and said, Henry Aaron played 14 seasons for Milwaukee, then returned there for his final years. All baseball guys. All baseball guys. Yelich, Henry Aaron, good one. He's kind of important. A lot of home runs. Uh, Ryan Braun, douchebag. Don't know if he even counts. So, aside from baseball guys, give me, you got a basketball player who stayed? I'm waiting on the basketball player who stayed. If anyone wants to send me a basketball player of that quality who stayed, I'd love to hear it. Because it doesn't exist. But that's and fine. Fra- Keep tweeting it. Frank wrote in and said, I must have missed the part the first time. He said a lot more that I didn't hear referring to Bobby Webster. You could interpret the clip eight different ways. <laughs> but 100 real G's move in silence, just like you said. Shams tweet. Shams tweet. Shams tweet. Uh-oh. The Rockets and Wizards have discussed a deal centered on Russell Westbrook for John Wall. Sources tell The Athletic and at Stadium. No traction yet. Rockets are seeking more assets. Okay, so here's the deal. This happens every NBA offseason. The names that get thrown and bandied about are huge names, and we always get sucked in. And then one happens. One happens and you're sucked in forever. So we're going to hear a bunch right now. And I don't know what the actual one that is going to happen is. But if it's James Harden to the Nets, like, I'm in. I'm all in. And I feel like a sucker. Because every year you and I sit on the... We sit here and we say, it's going to happen in the NBA where all these names are thrown out there about who could go where and when and how. And when you look at the, the grand, the big picture, it's like one out of 10, 10% happens. But when that, when that 10% happens, it's huge. 
It's absolutely massive. And I'm I'm gonna get like who cares if Russell Westbrook gets traded for John Wall? Like, isn't that trading one piece that didn't work in one place for another piece that didn't work in another place? Like, isn't that just changing addresses for the sake of changing addresses? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. But the one thing I do like about this offseason, Tim, is right now, like every rumor right now is happening. That Chris Paul is going to get dealt. But it happens all the time. Chris Paul Paul get dealt. But these are big. These are massive. Like the Bucs are going to do something. Yeah, they did something. Boom. James Harden wants out. All right. Well, like at this rate, the way it's going, are are you are you betting against this stuff happening, Timmy? Because most years it's not this crazy. I'll agree with you on that. Right. But the big stuff right now. It's all coming to fruition in terms of what we're reading from Shams and Woj. Like, none of this is a shock. Chris Paul, we knew about. Bucks, obviously, we knew they had to do something. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Harden went from he's committed to the Rockets to he wants out. Yeah, I didn't mention Harden, though. What I'm saying is I believe, based on what I've seen, I now believe Harden's going to get traded. I now believe Russell Westbrook's going to they'll, they'll find one sucker for Russell Westbrook. It looks like well, st- well Washington Wizards have, have entered the chat. Like, welcome yeah. to the chat, Washington Wizards. Like, it makes complete sense. Complete sense. This is fun, man. This is that. That's where I'm at. Like, I see something from Shams, and I jump in. Like, I'm, I'm, okay. I, I, I'm hooked in completely. Hooked. This is great. Uh, when Mark Spears joins us, we'll ask him if the exodus in Houston has anything to do with this Rick Buecher report that uh, the political leanings of Tillman Fertitta, the owner of the team, may have led to the mass exodus that started with Daryl Morey, who, by the way, was supported in a very tough time when he tweeted out Free Hong Kong, and China brought their political and monetary might to the fight. And yet, I don't know if Tillman Fertitta was told by the commissioner of the NBA what he was going to do, but he supported Morey. But Morey leaves, D'Antoni leaves, now Westbrook and Harden rumored to be leaving. Man. It's a juicy story. We'll talk to Mark Spears about it a little later on. Apparently, Mark Shapiro has agreed to a contract extension with the Toronto Blue Jays. Now, nothing has been announced by the team. And full disclosure, we work for who owns the team. But in an article by Ken Rosenthal and Jason Stark in The Athletic about the Mets and Phillies front office searches, they wrote that Shapiro, quote, evidently agreed to an extension of an unknown length. A lot of people are expecting this to be a big offseason for the Jays. Does it reassure you to know that Shapiro may have been re-signed along with this and won't be distracted by his own contract situation? I'd love to see the Shapiro haters who've been here for years semi, semi-relaxed upon hearing this now, but they'll never admit it. Like, I'd love to know what that number is because you know they're out there. This is fantastic news. How this stayed hidden, no idea. But the fact that Mark Shapiro is reportedly locked in is vital as free agency has begun here because what's the first question an athlete's going to ask about the project in Toronto? What's one of the first questions they're going to ask about the long-term stability of what's happening here? If you have Mark Shapiro locked in, well, that's important. But for guys that also want to win, they want to know whether or not you're, where, where, where are you going to be here? Is the, are you going to be the guy I'm, I'm dealing with? Are you, is this your project? And Mark Shapiro can tell the George Springers of the world and whoever, 
Yes, I'm the guy. And I'm also assuming, Tim, if he has re-upped, he didn't re-up and the budget went down. He didn't re-up and the budget stayed stagnant. Mark Shapiro probably had some guarantees in there from our company, where we work. I would make that assumption. There's not a negative aspect of this to me. And you have to be the most pathetic Jays fan to not see all the positives here. Like, you don't get it if you don't like that news. I mean, it's not news. It's a report. But you know what I'm saying. At the start of free agency, you want want to hear that Mark Shapiro's been locked up. Because now they can do some real business. As much as I disagree with the part where I think that free agents don't care who the president of the team is, I will agree with one thing. I think Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins used their future in Toronto as a part of the conversation on a budget for 2020 and beyond. No doubt. And if you and if you think uh, that Mark Shapiro has resigned and has a contract extension in Toronto, you might be happy with what the Jays are able to do in 2020 and beyond. It means it's your show. It means it's your show. And based on some of the rumors we're hearing, Timmy, it's uh, it's going to be active potentially. So uh, we'll we'll keep our ears to the ground for the latest on Mark. And and it's odd to have a day where Tim and I are in here and there's not three Jays rumors past Mark Shapiro, but we haven't seen that yet. We'll keep our eyes on Twitter for that. Uh, also, Tim, keeping our eyes on 2022 in Beijing, the Winter Games. Um, one of the great moments in the lead up to any games is the announcement of the chef de mission. Uh, Katrina LeMay Doan, two-time gold medalist, five-time world champion in speed skating, has been anointed as the chef de mission. Uh, Katrina has been kind enough to join us here on Tim and Sid. Katrina, congratulations. Um, what Thank is the you. process upon learning this? Is it like an email? Is it a quick Zoom? Like, How, do, how does the uh, Canadian Olympic Committee uh, let you know? It was a phone call, but it was a, it was a process going going into it, uh, filling out an application, and then it was about a month long wait, and then um, an interview process with about eight people on it, and then waiting, and then a um, you know we'll phone you this morning, and uh, the night before that morning of the call, I didn't really sleep because I kept thinking, yeah, okay, I have a good feeling, I have a bad feeling, I have a good feeling, I have a bad feeling, and kept going back and forth and. <laughs> When, so when they told me, and it was the chief of sport with the Canadian Olympic Committee uh, and the president, and I, I actually burst into tears, and I realized them saying, you will be chef, it was it was something that I wanted, um, I really, really wanted to do. So I'm extremely proud, and uh, I'm super excited. So like you said, an application, like you're not on Indeed.com or, <laughs> or <laughs> looking up, the, like... They know what you've you've done. You've been around the games in almost every capacity there is possible. Um, so let me ask you this: Why did you take on? Why did you want this role as opposed to? I mean, you've been an athlete, you've been a broadcaster, and you've done them all. Really, you want a Gemini for bleep's sake? Like, why did you want to take on this role? You know, and I think for my kids, it's like. Oh, mom, great that you're going to be volunteering and taking time off work and never not getting paid for this and all of that. And they kind of look and go, what? But it's, you know, as you said, I've done 
a lot of things within the Olympics. I've been to four games with uh, as an athlete, five games as a media. Um, in 2018, I stepped away from media and joined the mission team and was lead athlete mentor and was in the village with the athletes and just watching Isabelle Charest, who is the chef de mission, um, you know, working alongside her. It's It's about helping the athletes have an experience that I was able to have. You know, during all of the games I've been to, what, regardless of the results, every, every Olympics has a spirit. And I've lived my Olympic dream in, in every possible way. And so, you know, if I can do something and take my experiences and, and help the athletes, then that's what I want to do. And I feel like it's sort of um, come full circle in my Olympic experience. And, you know, it's, it, it's people in sport and it's what I do day to day at Sport Calgary and grassroots sport. So whether it's grassroots sport, Canada Games, uh, high performance Olympics, it's, it's what I'm passionate about. So that's why I wanted to take on this role. And, you know, I'm excited about it. Katrina LeMay Doan, Canada's chef de mission. Did I say that right, Katrina? Mission? Did I get it? That was very good, actually. Thanks, Katrina. I appreciate it. I've been mocked incessantly for how I pronounce that, and I, I, I thank you. I have your seal of approval. I appreciate it. Um, Katrina Lemay down here on Tim and said she's going to be the chef de mission at the 2022 <laughs> Beijing Olympics for Canada. Now I'm getting cocky about it. Uh, one one opinion one opinion for me, Katrina. Then a follow up question. Mm-hmm. I, I believe you should not be applying for anything. The COC should be applying you to do this. I found that a little offensive considering your resume, but I'll, I'll put that to the side as I push forward here. No comment required from you. Um, that's just my own opinion. Secondly. I'm going to say thanks. No problem. Look at this. Just compliments. Look back and forth, McAuliffe. Compliments back and forth. To, to the lay person watching or listening, Mm-hmm. who does not know what we're talking about, who does not know the role and how extensive it is of the chef de mission, mm-hmm. what are you now responsible for? You know, it's uh, I've kind of made reference, and fair or not, at times you have to almost put on the armor. And, and my role is to help lead the team. It's actually to help prepare the team. And then once we get to the games, um, if things are going well and when they're going well, my role is to step aside and put the focus on the athletes. But what I mean about putting on the armor is, you know, whether if there is some controversy leading up, I'm sort of the spokesperson for the team. And so I, I get the games and I, I get the pressure and I get, you know, the, the, the pressure that people put on themselves, the pressure that the media is going to put, that the country puts. And so I understand all of that. And I understand the goings on of a game. So, my role is, you know, leading up and it's in, you know, weird world right now. It, it, normally in a normal world, I'd be going and visiting all the athletes, training, competing. But by the time the games start, I want the athletes to know who I am. I want them to understand that I am there for them and there's a whole team that is there for them. But I also want to know the athletes because I want to make sure that, you know, this is, this is a team. It's not just a figurehead. It's, I want to actually be a person who is a part of the team and a part of their journey. Katrina LeMay Doan joining us here on Timothy. So, so as that, I mean, you've spent a lifetime going a hundred miles an hour and you, you said that journey, how fast. tough is it? <laughs> yeah. How tough has it been to watch athletes who like you have been going a hundred miles an hour, have to take it down to like two miles an hour as we deal with what we're dealing with right now. And we understand that the health of everybody, like I think the preamble to this is always, we care about the health of the bigger community way more than athletics. However, 
there are athletes that have been doing something one way for almost their entire life and have had to completely alter the way they do that. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's you know, it, it has been difficult, difficult. It's difficult for everybody. And, um, athletes have had to sort of readjust a little bit of refocus, but yet their focus is still February, 2022, but the readjustment you know, they've had to deal with. with. For most of the winter athletes, when the pandemic started and we were all in lockdown across the country, that's when they were starting dryland training. So they could, most of them could still go out and do, and do their training. But now that the winter season has hit, it's different. And for sure that, you know, there's no competition, they're not traveling, and it is different. But they've seen how the summer athletes have adjusted. And as you said, I mean, the health and safety of the athletes is the priority. And so we know that for most of them, it means, you know, staying at home and, and, and doing their training. But they've readjusted well, and they've been doing doing, um, you know, a lot of things with their core team and with their sort of cohort. So, yeah, it's been tough, but, um, you know, it's a, it's a weird, weird world that we're in. Um, and I remind people that five months before Salt Lake City, my final games, it was 9-11. And so we, for a while there, didn't know if the games were going to happen. And so you have to readjust a little bit of your goals, and yet you still look forward. And so for these athletes... You know, whatever way I can do through the next 15 months to help them, to help uh, with that preparation and that continued focus for them uh, on what they're capable of doing, then, you know, that's, that's my role. But they've, they've had to adjust for sure, but everybody has had to. Katrina, I can hear it in your voice, and, and to a certain extent, I understand it. But we've all done a lot of soul-searching in the last eight months, eight months, and our priorities have kind of been reshaped. The, the IOC's reputation has taken a beating over the last, say, eight years, never mind months. Why, why do I hear this is still so important to you in your voice? What, what do the Olympics mean to you? You know, I've experienced it, but I the, the times when I've seen it the most are moments at an opening ceremony when all these countries are walking in together in peace. And I want to tell you a quick story. On October 30th, 2009, Simon Whitfield and I were the first torch bearers for the Vancouver um, Torch Relay. And when we lit that first torch and we started down the path in downtown Victoria, I think that's the moment it hit me the most because... There were people lined up along the path that were looking at the flame. And it's the power of sport. It's the power of the Olympic Games and not about just the competition, but it's about what it what it means. It's about people coming together and gathering for play. And I think more than ever, I mean, in this world that we're living right now, sport is what will help us heal. Sport will help us come out of isolation because it has been taken away from us. So we're not just talking the physical side and we're not just talking the mental side, the mental health side, which is going to be so, uh, so important now, but over the next year, it's going to be so important, but that social side, we have missed that and we need that. The youth need it. All of us need it. And so we I believe that Beijing will be a moment where we can remind our communities, remind our country, and remind the world that sport is important. And I'm talking sport at every level. And yet we can come together and we can have 
competition with the rest of the world and pure competition because I, I look at the values. I mean, respect, friendship, inclusion, fair play, all of those things are important. And those are the things that we want to teach our children. And so why not do it on this world stage and show them what can be done? Katrina LeMay Doan here on Tim and Sid while my phone rings. Katrina, my apologies. It's been that kind of show for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> no um, I'm just gonna I'm gonna ignore it because I have a, I have a, one last question here that I'm that I really want to get in. Thomas Bach today, president of the IOC, talking about Tokyo next summer. I know it's summer games, but I think any Olympian or sports fan can relate. Uh, he's feeling pretty good about the vaccine news that's come out here this week and the previous week. Obviously, it's going to take time, but Thomas Bach said. They will sp- they will virtually spare no expense from a vaccine standpoint for athletes and spectators next summer in order to have a safe games. Um, we, we talked to Andre DeGrasse recently on the show about the vaccine and, and whether or not, and the vaccines, plural, whether or not it gives him hope that next summer can happen and subsequently 2022. How much hope did that news give you? For sure. It's, uh, I think it's great news. And, you know, even before the announcement today, Marnie McBean, who's the chef de mission for the Tokyo team, uh, her and I have been talking. And, you know, it's about, first and foremost, it's the safety and security of the athletes. And again, Canada, you know, was one of the leaders in saying uh, for last year, you know, it's it's not safe situation. And so if, if the games happen in 2020, we won't be there. And so... Um, yeah, you know, it, it, we need to continue to believe that that's going to happen and the, the athletes need the goal and our role, there's so much uncertainty. I mean, every day we wake up and go, okay, what's the news today? Because things are going to change and they seem mm-hmm. to. So we just, we've learned to adjust. And yet, you know, for the summer athletes, they're looking at Tokyo. And yes, let's put that as we're going ahead. And just as, you know, I say to the winter athletes, February 2022, we're going to Beijing. So put that in your book and and let's get ready so um for sure it gives me confidence and uh you know i i, I think the athlete, athletes understand that you know nobody's immune to this and we need to continue to follow all of the health guidelines of our province of our respective provinces and territories and then hopefully we can continue to to you know live our daily lives and continue to manage and eventually get get through this and we'll get through it stronger uh, Katrina LeMay Dome, Chef de Mission, uh, Team Canada. Thank you for doing this. We really appreciate it, and uh, all the best. Anytime you want to stop by, let us know, okay? All right. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thanks, Katrina. There is Katrina LeMay Dome. Uh, I don't know if it was Indeed.com, but uh, filled out the application. I, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. Canada's <laughs> good Chef de Mission. The, the one thing I will say about athletes, and I heard someone say this recently, is if, if you reach that level of, of athletics, people don't realize how much adversity you've already overcome. Like when you the, watch the greatest players of all time in any sport, and you will see guys who don't get rattled. You will see women and men who in the craziest times on the field and on the pitch and on the ice just are able to be able to control themselves. And it's because throughout their lives, they have realized that they are this good at this thing and people are going to continually try and take it away from them, whether it's competitors, whether it's parents, whether it's somebody. And you're going to see that over the next year or two as athletes try to build back up after this crazy, crazy challenge that's been put in front of them. Yeah, and they find a new routine. 
Like how specific are the routines of these athletes to gear up for one moment, right? Like over a couple of days, a couple of heats. So like it's a, when you really think about what, what, what elite level athletes at that level have to do and to, and to have everything disrupted like that. It's, it's, it's incredible the road back, but uh, they're that elite and, and like, I think they'll get there. And Winter Olympics, right? Like, think about, yeah. listen, Andre de Grasse might be able to run a world championship, and, but, like, there are some sports, especially in the Winter Games, where if you don't perform once every four years, everything is for naught. Yep. Right? Like, that's yep. the hardest part no pressure. of the Olympics. No pressure, yeah. Raquel. No pressure whatsoever. Uh, we're going to take a break. Mark Spears of ESPN will join us. Did James Harden turn down $50 million a year? We will ask him. Also, asking you shall receive, Tim. Uh, that Jay's rumor came in. So we got uh, we got some other things to talk about here after the break. This is Tim and Sid, live on TV what and radio. Rumor? Yeah, what are you talking about? I'll, I'll tell you about it. Tim and Sid, coast to coast, Sportsnet Radio and TV. The great Rakim once said of Eric B. and Rakim, sip the juice. I got enough to go around. The NBA is saying that right now when it comes to their offseason. You and I said both knew when we heard about this shortened timeline that things may happen in a hurry. Neither one of us could have guessed what we were about to see in this week. Yeah, there was no other option but in a hurry. The timeline was just absolutely insane. But still, even when you knew it was coming. But man... This is good. Mark Spears, ESPN, the undefeated, joining us. Spears, did James Harden turn down $50 million a year from Houston? Like, did he seriously do that? First of all, do do you guys pronounce Rakim differently in Canada? What did I say? Rakim. Rakim? Rakim. You said Rakim. It's Rakim. Rakim. Sorry. My bad. I was thinking about the line more than I was thinking about Eric B. and Rakim. Because <laughs> I was like, okay, this is dope. <laughs> no, it's like Z and Z. It's like Z and Z. It's a little different. No, we don't. We don't. We don't. I was just thinking about the line that I didn't want to forget. <laughs> Not bad, bad. I, I just, just making sure. It's okay. Um, I still know the lights, though. 50 million. <laughs> I'm, I'm just confused by that. I, I think Paul George gave you the blueprint. You take the money, and then you figure the rest out later. Fifty million dollars, man! Like, I'll go play in Kabul for fifty million dollars. You know, like, <laughs> I, 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 I just don't get it. it. It's just confusing to me. And you know, Kyrie and KD did the same thing. But like, when I see what happened to Boogie Cousins, man, to Marcus, and see how much money he could have potentially had, and then he got hurt. And I don't care what your name is. Once you get hurt, if you get hurt in a debilitating fashion, you're not going to get paid. And but isn't so I, isn't this just reeks of of Houston ownership justifying it? Like Houston fans, I read that don't care if it's real or not. They'll just absorb it and they'll be like, "To hell with this guy." Yeah, deal him. When two days ago they might have been yeah. freaking out. Like it just reeks of that, and that's not fair to James either. Yeah, I mean, I, I think when there's smoke, there's fire. I think he and Maury were pretty close, and probably more than anything, he thinks the window is closed with Houston. I thought the window had closed when they lost to the Warriors just uh, two years ago. They just can't get over that hump. 
their style. I, I just don't get why they think that small ball way was the way. You, you need somebody big in there too. You know, Anthony Davis has shown that. Um, so I I just think that the the, the Daryl Morway style there was just too just out of the box. It wasn't going to work. And so maybe he thinks by going to uh, Brooklyn, it, it's going to like everything's going to remedy and he'll win a championship. But if they don't have the mentality that I saw when I covered the Celtics when they won in 2008 where Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, and Kevin Garnett just collectively did it without caring about points, it's not going to work. But if they do have that mentality, like if I'm them, I, I bring all three of those guys in and have them talk to them, you know, um, if they have that mentality, they could be special. Mark Spears, ESPN's undefeated, joining us here on Tim and Sid. Uh, Rick Buecher is reporting that, that Tillman Fertitta's support of Donald Trump had something to do with this exodus in Houston. What, what are you hearing? <laughs> uh, that's, that's news to me. Uh, that, that's so you hadn't heard that one? That. Nah, nah, nah. I mean, well, then if that's the case, I mean, is he sure that the owners of the other teams don't feel the same way? Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of rich dudes who support that I've guy. Read, it, it, yeah, I, I think a lot of owners felt that way. So, I mean, who's he going to play for Michael Jordan? <laughs> like, <for the> Charlotte? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I think the Warriors owner voted in that regard. You, you know what I mean? Like, Okay, uh, I take the fifty million. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't we all? Wouldn't we all? The one part of that story that doesn't make any sense to me is is Russ got there in twenty nineteen. Fertitta was the owner in twenty seventeen. So, yeah. like, if you if you if you're mad about it, that's fine. But you're late to the party on that information. If you're mad now, it's just that's that's the part that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that one, Hoff. All right. Uh, Mark Spears, ESPN, the undefeated. So, so the one thing you do know is you know KD pretty well, and and I don't have to tell you this, but his reputation, fair or not, is it isn't spotless. And there's an idea that there is selfishness there, or some selfishness there. Now, Kyrie Irving and James Harden have been hit by the very same bug, fairly or unfairly. It is in these rumors about James going to reunite with KD and run it back OKC styles with Kyrie um, instead of Russ. Is there, is there some will to try and end that talk about selfishness with this, or is this just Al Davis just win, baby? I, I don't buy that with Kevin. I mean, Kevin came to Golden State and fit in greatly. I, I actually think he shouldn't have left. Um, but there were some other issues there. Uh I thought that he and Curry and Clay certainly found a common ground that was special. And, you know, injuries stymied them in the end, and it's, Toronto ended up being champion. Um, so I, 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 don't, I don't think Kevin Durant is selfish in any way uh, in terms of on the court. Now, off the court, I think he's just taking advantage of his uh, – his, his ability to do what he wants to do as a free agent. And playing with Kyrie is something he was excited. So, I, I, you know, I don't buy the bad guy thing with him. He, he's one of the best guys I've ever covered. 
And so maybe I'm biased. Um, I just, again, those guys have to leave their egos at the door. I'm not saying all three of them got egos now for sure. They got to leave them at the door and, and be a collective group. It can't be an individual group. But I I think that um, there is certainly for Steve Nash, boy. <laughs> Welcome like to the big leagues. For, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's going to need D'Antoni and everybody else helping him because, you know, when you coach a team like that, you're already going to be judged strongly just based on talent. And this is deeper than talent. You, you got egos. You got one ball. He certainly is going to have to be extremely creative to get these guys on the same page. But that being said, Steve Nash is also one of the smartest people I've ever met, highest basketball IQs. He's probably going to have to take a page out of Phil Jackson and, and be creative with these guys, whether Mark, whether James is there or not. Let's. Uh, it's more fun to think of him there. So let's stay there for a second. The use, the usage rates between the three of them are what, Spearsy? Like, who's got the lowest usage rate of the three if they're on the court together? And are they okay with it, whoever that is? Um, that, that's the thing. Are they? I think Kevin's fine. I think Kyrie would be fine. I, I just, like, James has showed that if he passes the ball, like, he's led the league in a – in assists for for stints, you know, he could be really good. I, like to me, like they can't be getting together or talking about it unless there's a common ground of we're trying to win a championship. And maybe, maybe Kevin saying, "Look, Golden State had the blueprint. Let's let's do that." And they got you know the supporting cast. Well, let, let's see how much they get stripped if they do a James Harden trade. But because um, you know Karis Levert would be gone, I assume one of their bigs would be gone. So their supporting cast wouldn't be the best. Then you got to remember like Kevin and, and Kyrie has certainly had their share of injury issues that you got to worry about as well. Uh, there's, there's a lot there, man. <laughs> there's a lot to try to do with a shortened training camp. And like <laughs> it's on paper, it looks great, but there's certainly a much more than on paper that you got to do there. Uh, devil's advocate here. James Harden pushed hard for the Rockets to get Russell Westbrook. Uh, what's the question? Didn't work out. Didn't work out all that well there. No, I mean that didn't work because Paul didn't work. I mean, yeah. sometimes, sometimes you gotta look in the mirror and say, "Okay, what do I need to do better? Why didn't these things work? Why, why did Trevor Reason want out? You know, um, and which is odd that he'll, I guess, be back there." But um, I, I, I just think that um, there's a talent that James Harden has. He's a specialist. He's one of the greatest scorers ever. He is quietly one of the best passers in the league. It's time for him to kind of take a page out of Michael Jordan and make others better instead of just worrying about points. And I think that's kind of the reputation now is, He's a guy that's just worried about scoring and MVP trophies and not winning championships. But perhaps by doing that, um, yeah. he's had a come-to-Jesus come moment and figured it all out. Perhaps. Perhaps. Time will tell. Uh, Mark Spears here on Tim and Sid. All right, the Bucks. 
What was that? Mm, I, I thought you guys didn't want to talk about them. I thought that's too close to home. <laughs> no, 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 Mr. Spears. No, no, no. This is up around here. This is we bathe in this. This is great. Um, I, I've, I've rarely seen a panic move the likes of which we just we just saw with Milwaukee. That felt like an organization who had no other play. David, David Griffin had him over a barrel and took him to the cleaners. And I'm not convinced Giannis stays on this. Like, what did Milwaukee just accomplish? I'm going to play devil's advocate with you. Okay. I love Drew Holiday. I think Drew Holiday is an all-star, in my opinion. He is one of the best underball defenders in the league. He locks guys up. With all due respect to Bledsoe, he's, he's a big upgrade. I don't think you make those moves unless Giannis okayed them. You know, even the move with Sacramento. You, you don't make that move unless he's, he's – I just – for both you guys, man, I just never thought he really wanted wanted to go. And but as long still- as Milwaukee showed showed them that they were trying to improve their roster, I think he, he's good. I don't see him as a big city guy. You know, I've often heard the the stuff with Golden State and the stuff with Toronto, and you know, certainly the Miami Masai rumors are probably the most intriguing to me, if anything. But I can't see them making all those moves unless that's something he wanted. But hey, I guess we'll see when it's, he's eligible to sign the extension. My, the only question I have, Spear, well, I have a couple. But if you, if the impression is and the opinion is, okay, this is a deal that's going to make Giannis happy and he's going to yeah. stay, and he okayed it, which I would agree with you, he would have had to okay with. But if he's, if he's looking long-term here, where do five first-rounders play into that? That's the part of that that bothers me. Well, that I seems mean, like that, that seems like you okay that move when are. you don't care about the picks. I know two of them are swaps, but that's still technically five in play. Yeah. I just I if they're ahead, if, if, if they're going up for a championship every year, what's losing the twenty fifth pick if you get to keep Giannis? So if I lose the twenty fifth, the twenty seventh, the twenty eighth pick, and I get to keep Giannis. Enjoy that dude from a mid-major that you're trying to uh, get lucky on. (laughs) You're trying to pass Gals. What are you you really going to – I mean, yeah, there's a Siakam there that you'll get here and there, but more often than not, man, you're telling me now if somebody told you Giannis is staying as long as you give up three first-round picks. But he's not staying yet. Oh, I'm with you. I'm with you. Hold on, hold Spears on, hold on, hold on. Right hold now, on. we don't know if he's no, staying. no. Hold on, Sid. Hold on. So, Spears, you think he's staying? That's that's the bottom line here. I can't see Milwaukee more a small market team mortgaging the future and him not staying. I, I'd just be stunned by that. If, if such is the case, their GM needs to pack up and leave now. <laughs> you, like, there's no way. I agree with you, you more. You, you can't. You can't be a small market team and not know what he's going to do and give up that much. Can't. That's yeah. debilitating. That 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 like destroys your franchise because all of a sudden you get made New Orleans. Like I guess when when the Herschel Walker got traded to uh, Minnesota, right? <laughs> you know, I I I just can't. There's no way, right? There's no way. No possible well, way you you give up all that 
and he leaves. The the deadline for the Supermax, for those who don't know, is December 21st. Um, if yeah. the Bucks don't get a Supermax by then, then maybe we can start buckling the seatbelts up. The The only other thing that I'll add to this equation, and, and maybe we're biased because we're sitting in Toronto looking at this through um, rose-colored lenses, but if if you're trying to convince Giannis to stay and these are the moves that you make and your team finished first overall in each of the last two years, you're just expecting Giannis to look at these two moves and say, now we're better. Like, to me, how do you prove this without playing in the playoffs? And if they wait to the playoffs to prove this, they're in deep caca. I... <laughs> Maybe I'm a fool, but I love Drew Holiday with him. Oh, I don't hate I don't hate him at all, Spear. I like I, I yeah, and we, and no, Tim and I were talking earlier. Player. I'm a fan. I'm a fan, but yeah, I just yeah. like this is yeah, for that cost. Three, that's a hell of a number three. I mean, I, I guess they just they had to do something, man. They had to do something because well, that's it. Trust me, the interest is there. You know, I, I just guys, they can't. There's no possible way. <laughs> There's no like. Look. <laughs> I want right, but... you guys. What do they call Careful that? Yorktown out there. Yorkville. Yorkville. Yeah, yeah, Yorkville. Mm-hmm. There's this really yep. good sushi place I like in Yorkville. I I'll treat you guys to the dinner. Uh, if 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 right. if he leaves, Lock well, it he's, loaded. he's not leaving, bro. No, and if I he stay, and if he stays, Sydney, how do we reciprocate with one? But Mark you know Spears. What would be funny is he he ends up uh, going to Toronto and they were all at the same sushi restaurant. At the same <laughs> <time>. <laughs> That'd be poetry. <laughs> Spears, I think I'm, there's a lot of tampura in my future. That's what I believe. You oh, think I so, believe. Huh? I think. Well, it's well, and it's hey, not just with the honest. What do I get on my end? What do I get on my end? I take you to That's the right. fifth best sushi place in Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> That's, we'll, we'll negotiate. Well, no, we'll do it. Pretty expensive. I know. That's what, <laughs> I know we'll what do, you're talking about. But, hopefully but, we'll, but with the exchange rate right now, I, I think it won't be so bad. I just want the world <laughs> to get healthy so I can fly there. Oh, here, here. Y'all will, yeah. will welcome me again. Here, here. Here, here. I was thinking we could just uh, hey, fire up the... If I win, you guys have to go to Two Sisters Winery and buy me some wine and mail it to me because I can't get them to mail me any wine because they, they for some reason, don't mail to the state. Across the border. All right. All right. We'll do we'll that. We'll make some calls. We'll make, we'll some, make some calls. Some calls. Yeah, we'll get it done. there's two of you guys, I, I need at least a half a case. <laughs> All right. We'll send you a half a case, and we'll send the Bucks a full case when Giannis leaves after this yeah. deal. We'll send them a full one. Two dudes, two sisters. Hey, hey, before I let you go, and we we don't have a ton of time here. You know Freddie Van Vliet pretty well now. Yeah, yeah. Um, What's your gut tell you on his future? I think he's going to be a businessman first. As As much as he loves Toronto and just just see what's available to him and 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 kind of go from there. And it be, you know, he's going to have to be selfish. And I get it. I think I think Raptors fans respect that or should respect that. It's time for him to cash in a little bit, you know. So uh, I expect him. I, I, I hope the best offer is returning because I love him there. But 
you know, when you when you come in not not pick super high, you know, you got to make up for some money, and I expect him to do that. Uh, I can uh, I can screw this up in Canadian. I'm not a businessman. I'm a businessman. One JZ said that Mark Spears <laughs> JZ. It wasn't Rickham. <laughs> not Rick. Aaron, not Rickham. Aaron, Aaron B and Rackham. <laughs> <laughs> Rackham up. Thanks, Spears. Spurs. Always good talking to you. All right, fellas. Peace, man. Miss you. All. Miss you is, too. Uh, one of the fans of Toronto, uh, unlike we have seen in a long time, Mark Spears. Huge fan. Huge fan. Uh, we'll take the break. When we come back, uh, we'll close out the show, and I will attempt to get it right next. <laughs> Tim and Sid. Sportsnet Radio and TV. Tim and Sid, live coast to coast as we wrap up another two hours. Latest Blue Jay rumor du jour. Let's go. From our friend Bob Elliott. Let's go. Hearing the Jays are interested in St. Louis Cardinals free agent second baseman Colton Wong, who already mm. turned down a multi-year offer from St. Louis. Mm. Your reaction to Colton Wong. The, the, the real juicy part of this entire offseason so far for the Jays, Tim, is they're not linked to people who suck. <laughs> Colton Colton Wong. That's my point. scientific analysis. Yeah, did you no, appreciate that? Yeah, I, I He can hit. He can play D. Second base, you could see it. Cavan moves somewhere else. It makes sense. Don't know if it's going to happen, but it makes sense. And I like hearing things that make sense for that ball club because for some years, some things didn't make sense. That, to me, makes sense. So Does that eliminate the idea of Francisco Lindor, though? Uh, I, I wouldn't assume that at this stage. The Lindor thing's been too hot, Tim. I, I, you and I can't. There has to be a strong Jays rumor to cross the desk. So that like maybe, would go to third? I don't know. I don't know. I don't see Lindor going to third. I'll, I'll tell you that. But then again, if they give $100 million to, to George Springer, I don't, I don't know if Lindor is going to happen. Because I don't know if you can extend Lindor on that on that coin. I think you and I, I are on the same page on that. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, think, I think we both agree on that. I think it's one or the other. But I, I, I love, I love these names. I love these names being kicked around. It's fantastic. Colton Wong's a really good player, man. He's a really good player. They don't have to bust the bank to get him. Um, I, I enjoyed that rumor a great deal. Thank you, Tim. I All right, it. so uh, you closed out the writer's block with this, and I had to bring it up with you on this show because the writer's block isn't on TV, so people didn't see it, but. How much does Spain 6, Germany nothing mean? <laughs> Zero. The really? Nations League is, listen, the Nations League in Europe, they put it together to have friendlies that are enticing for television, Tim, and for lower-end countries to get into tournaments, right? Like okay. North Macedonia, they have a shot. For the lower-end yeah. teams, I kind of like it. I, I don't hate that idea. But top-end, it's... You get, you get you get like Croatia, Portugal, you get Spain, Germany. It's a money grab for TV. But to have Germany get their ass kicked today like that, 6 nothing, worst competitive defeat in Germany's history, it's 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 not an insignificant result. But I don't think it's, you know, this isn't Brazil, you know, Germany a Brazil 2 World Cup semifinals, obviously. It's not right. close to that. But to, I've never seen Germany work like this. Now, Joachim Love, he didn't pick he didn't pick the winners today. Oh, Absolutely. Okay. And he's well, let me ask he's under some heat. Oh. We're showing it already, but I was going to ask you, what's worse, six nothing, 
or scratching and sniffing and getting caught on national TV repeatedly? National? Global. <laughs> that global was a world club. International. Was a world TV. cup. My God, Joachim Love, that's. Um, I'd much rather lose 6 nothing than go downtown and to see 2 billion people watch me smell it after. That's not a good look. I think that's, we can all agree on that. But that's <laughs> like the one that we're showing on the television side of things. For those who don't know, this guy has this this penchant for scratching and sniffing. There's there's like full reels on Google. It's, and it's not a lottery ticket he's scratching and sniffing. It's something else. And it's and it's various positions of the body too. We just showed one where he went he went south. But he goes north, he goes east, he goes west, he goes everywhere when he's scratching and sniffing. And he does it repeatedly, knowing he's on TV. Like, there mm -hmm. has to be something in there that forces him to do this. However, you're saying that you would take a 6 nothing beating any time over yeah. having that go across the world. And again, for the listening audience, like that was, when, uh, that was the tournament where the German coaching staff had matching gray T-shirts. It takes yeah. a lot to distract you from how ridiculous that is as a uniform. And, and quite frankly, the ridiculousness was provided by Joachim Love going downtown and having his own scratch and sniff. Tim, do you remember the clip we ran of, I think it was German television running that clip? Like they had their analysts there. They had the full dais. The VO, and they yeah. ran And they ran it for the first time. And you hear two people as they're running just go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget it. They, they, they weren't prepared for it, and it was just, oh, it was just such a rough clip. So that, rough. That has got to be among the rougher clips. Like, if we ever did top tens, whatever the, whatever the list was, that would be number one. Like, whatever sure. you were going to do, whatever the list is, and we all know how the mm. lists are fabricated, something happens, and you say, well, what's the best or worst of that? Whatever that's list one. that's on, that's number one. That's number one. That is picking yourself a winner right there. Yoke love. Could be worse. Could be worse. Uh, Tim, let's see what tomorrow holds NBA-wise. Who knows where this is going? Right, and Gordon who knows Hayward what tomorrow... to the Hawks. Just three that. Chris Haynes. Is it no. done? Hawks are in play oh, wow. to acquire Gordon we'll talk Hayward. To you tomorrow. Remember, kids. I wash your hands. Wash your hands. The Celtics just washed their hands wash of Gordon Hayward, it looks like. Michael. Washing your hands. Washing no, in, in play. In play. In play. In play. Oh, in play. Okay, not done yet. I hear you. See it.